Episode 270 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm Managing Editor Kirk Simonoff sitting in for Bill. Well, if you've been on the Kansas Turnpike this summer, you've no doubt encountered construction zones. It is, after all, the time of year for construction to take place. Some of these zones are for installation of a cashless tolling system that in two years will will begin recording where all drivers enter and exit the turnpike with overhead cameras. Then those drivers will be billed either online or by mail. Steve Hewitt, CEO of the Kansas Turnpike Authority, joins me to talk about the four-year project. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. This week's cover story is about the growing business of childcare in Wichita and how it affects businesses and their employees. Reporter Shelby Kellerman looks at the obstacles that finding quality daycare can bring for parents and how some companies are trying to help. That story begins on page 12. Our list this week is internships. See which Wichita companies are employing the most students during the summer. The list is on page eight. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 16. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Well, Steve Hewitt is CEO of the Kansas Turnpike Authority. That's the 236-mile roadway that runs from the Oklahoma line to Kansas City, Missouri. And along the way, it's as smooth as a ride as you'll find just about anywhere. Steve, thanks for joining me. Oh, we always uh, love the opportunity to talk about the Kansas Turnpike. So thanks for, uh, thanks for asking me to come on today. I will admit that I'm a bit of a turnpike geek. Uh, just riding it over the years and driving it over the years. A former coworker and I used to quiz each other on turnpike trivia. So it, I'm really enjoying that. I really will enjoy asking you some questions about the turnpike. Great. But, but before we start with all things, all the new things going on with the turnpike, let's let's talk about you and your career. Uh, you're from Pratt originally, and and you know a decade and a half ago, you undertook the challenge of being city administrator for Greensburg and just a year after the EF5 tornado. Um, what was that challenge like for you? Yeah, that probably, um, that probably set the career, my career kind of off, to be honest with you. Um, obviously I wouldn't wish a tornado on anybody, but it definitely, um, it, it, it teaches you a lot about how to manage, uh, how to be humble, how to plan, how to work with people, how to communicate. And it really exposed a lot of those, um, I think, those strengths about my, I think, I think myself. Um, obviously, I, I now feel I can probably take on any challenge, to be honest with you. It's nothing I can't, I can't handle. But it, op- it really created opportunities from the standpoint of meeting people, relationships, people in Kansas, and being a city manager, um, bounced around a little bit. Um, but having the opportunity to come back to Wichita, to Kansas, because I even went down to Oklahoma for a while really those relationships we met in 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 greensburg um really 
opened doors for me. But Greensburg was a unique experience, um, devastating, but unique from a planning and community opportunity to work with the community and, and help a community come back. I, I cherish that opportunity. I will never forget it. I'm always a big fan. I'm always going back, checking on how things are going, still friends with people there. And um, Greensburg is a great story for the, for the whole country, I think. And I'm glad that I was a part of it. But um, it definitely um, allowed me to hopefully get in the position I'm at today and, and, and learn from that to help me uh, be successful in my day to day right now. I would imagine that taking on a challenge like that, you have to be a certain type of person, a positive person, a hopeful person. Uh, does that describe you well? Yeah, I'm probably over optimistic sometimes. I, I feel like there's always a silver lining. We can always do better. We will do better. No matter what the worst happens to you, I think it'll be okay. We'll get through it together. I think so tornado, COVID, uh, we will always get through it. Uh, there's got to be a silver lining. If we work together and plan things, I, I feel we'll be successful. And I think that is how I really manage things in Greensburg and really how I manage my life that, you know, hard work pays off. And I think we work together, we can um, be successful. And I just, that's just my day-to-day -day, uh, mindset. You you mentioned that if if you could do that job, nothing will phase you in any other job you work at. Are, are there lasting lessons of Greensburg for you that you are, you know, think back on that, that, that help you in your job today? Yeah, I think, as I as I just mentioned, you know, working the problem and and never fear never fearing that your outcome or decision making is is going to turn out the wrong way. And obviously, you got to be flexible. But you know, I think it's important in, in my day to day that you plan, you're organized, you you, you have to have a a, a drive. I, I'm driven by success. I want to be successful. I want my organization to be successful. I think those things were critical in Greensburg and they now are part of my day-to-day. -day. We have to have goals. I'm a big cheerleader. That's probably my biggest job and, and I'm good at that. Um, there's people that are in the weeds that are better at that part of it, but I, I like to see have a vision, see the future, and then really give my people the tools. And I think I learned a lot of that, those the grinding out those things. I could not do everything in Greensburg. You have a daunting task of a community gone. So that now leads in my organizational skills today of providing the tools, having vision, helping my people and, and letting us all um, dive into our strengths and we'll be all be successful that particular way. So I think that's really how I utilize some of the things I learned from Greensburg. And I think it really exposed the good, the bad, the ugly, right? And so, um, I can't do everything, um, but the things I can do, I need to really focus on that. So we'll be uh, we'll be stronger in the end. You mentioned that you dipped down into Oklahoma for for a job, and then in 2014 you 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 joined KTA. What interested you about working for the Turnpike Authority? Well, the history was uh, always been really good for the Turnpike. Very strong history, um, successful, strong organization. It runs, we, we run this like a city. It's very similar, uh, uh, the, the organizational process. We have a board, have a director, have staff members, um, and, and it runs a lot like a city. But just the stability and success of the Turnpike, I wanted, I was hoping to find that final job, right? So that you can stay a very long time. You don't have to, 
you know, you kind of build a career, you go a few years here and a few years there, um, but also getting back to Kansas, being part of a much larger scale. I loved helping my community, but now I can help many communities and I can help the state. And I like being, being in that position of helping more people. Um, definitely community service oriented. And I think I love what we do here. And it, and even better now that I've been here a little while, I see the, the successes and why it's successful, that people really care. And, and, and we do a lot for the state and, I'm, and, and for communities along the Turnpike. And I'm, I'm, I'm really proud that I was had, had the opportunity to, and, and, we're, and, that, and that I'm here. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. And it's been a journey, but boy, it's, it's a fun one though. It, you, you mentioned that, that it's a city among itself, even though it's a 236 mile long city. Um, is the mission unique because your, your job is to help those cities along the turnpike, but it's also to keep those miles of, of roadway safe and pristine and, and working for Kansans and others. Yeah, it's a very specific focus. So if we are successful and we have a very successful roadway that's safe, reliable, uh, in good condition, we are going to be helpful to our state, to economics, to the communities along the turnpike, help commerce move, help opportunities come to Kansas. So what's unique about, and we will have our own unique problems and challenges, weather or roadway conditions that happen, accidents that happen specifically to the turnpike, but it is very focused on the task at hand to ha have a very reliable, safe roadway but that successful roadway helps so many others. And I think that's what's unique about the KTA. The KTA is, is in its, well, it's, it's, it's at least 70 years old. It was, it started in the mid fifties. Uh, how has it held up? Did the engineers of the 1950s do it right? They did. Um, we are really blessed that they built a very, very strong base. And so, but what's also unique about from the 50s to today is that the money we don't collect any tax dollars don't people realize that we are self-sustaining so we live and die by the tolls and so we live and die by customers so we need you to be a customer so we need to provide you a really good product they did it right from the beginning built a really strong base road and it's our responsibility and they've done it for years well prior to obviously since i've been here and we do it still today to put the money right back in the roadway we maintain the road in a really reliable way and, and, and put that those funds into the infrastructure and it's really paid off and it's allowed this this over 65 you mentioned nearly 70 year old road to be such in such a good condition now we'll make improvements and and we do some little things here and there but the base of the road is is in great condition because of those that came well before me and had a really good plan and and we we appreciate that today trust me financially and as well as just the customers really appreciate it so there are advancements in the 65 year history of the kta one of them about 30 years ago was the k tag um where you know people didn't have to stop and pay tolls pay cash at the at the toll booths at the, as they got off um and that kind of leads us into this past decade of, of starting to talk about a totally cashless tolling system. Can you talk about how all of that started and how it got to the decision to go that way? Yeah, and so it's always an evolution, right? You have to go through these stages. And so in the 90s, they had a good vision to go to the electronic transponders, the KTAG program. 
But over the years, you know, other states have really technologies advanced and we had a good program. But, you know, a lot of our customers that travel back and forth to Oklahoma, Texas and other states saw this advancement. And so we really dove into planning, looking at ourselves. What do we want to see the turnpike be in the future? And, I, and I'm a big proponent of planning. So we, we first started with the open road tolling. So a lot of folks know we have our eastern terminal, southern terminal in East Topeka. So those entry points ha now have the, the, the full-blown highway speed um, uh, gantries you can flow through if you have a K-Tag. What's unique about the next step is really allowing all those ticket booths to go away. And it's a safer way of moving traffic. It's also more efficient for operations. And it's what customers are asking us. They continue to provide us feedback through surveys and information that, hey, I want to be able to travel the same way we do in other states. And so we listened to that, we took a hard look at it, and we're gonna remove those, those barriers, and now it's free flow of traffic. What's unique about this, now it's not just for the K-TAG customer. So you was just for the K-TAG person to, hey, if you didn't have a K-TAG and you flew through, well, we're gonna send you a violation in the mail and say, you shouldn't have done that, you should have got a ticket and paid with cash. Now, if you don't have a K-TAG, and you should have a K-TAG, you'll save, you'll save the most money. And if you don't have one, please call us. Let's get you one. But if you're those customers that don't have one, we're going to take a picture of your plate. We're going to send you a bill in the mail, or you can go online, um, or you can call us or mail in your check. And so it'll be a little bit more expensive than the K-TAG, but those options are there. It's going to be more convenient and safer for the customers. And it really, I think, allows that free flowing of traffic, which will be much more convenient for everyone. Um, and we're pretty excited about it. But it, it's, it took a little bit of planning. We had to really understand what it's going to mean. And by 2024, by the summer of 2024, we are going to have Cassius tolling here in Kansas. For folks who have driven on the turnpike, oh, I guess over the past year, you, you have started to notice uh, the construction process going where you're, you're building the gantries, you're building the bases and then the gantries go up. Uh, it's a long process. Like you mentioned, it won't be ready for, for another couple of years. Here's a geek question for turnpike geek question from me. What goes into the decisions where to put these gantries and obviously between each stop, but how are these things decided where along those roads to, to put them? Yeah, and it really does tie into the way things are today. So, you know, you get off at a certain exit, you have the toll booth, you stop and you pay. So that's really the strategy. So as you're getting on or getting off, those those new gantries you'll see on the main line will be very close to those locations. So you'll now go through these multiple zones, but that zone will be very familiar to you from a standpoint. I went to this segment, I went from A to B or a to C, and I went through two different zones or two different exits. So it's very similar. So it's so the customer is not so confused. It's really based on those exits. So now when you've gotten off, well, now you're going through a new exit. I passed an exit. I go a few more miles, but I'm in a new zone. So, and we're gonna, we're gonna provi provide a ton of education to the public. You know, like we're two years out and not to confuse people, but it there is a method to the, to the plan and and but it's really based on the connection with those current exits that you see today. And you've already got one of these exits in place. You're kind of using this technology already in East Wichita, right? Can you talk about that? 
Yes. Yeah, so the East Kellogg exit, which we call 53A, if you're traveling southbound, you can slide right on to Kellogg and you do not have to have your K tag. If you don't have a K tag, we're taking a picture and we're sending you that that um, that that toll bill in the, in the mail. So that has been a great tool when we were we got to be a part of the East Kellogg Improvement Pro, you know, project with City of Wichita, KDOT. Great opportunity for us to be, hey, there's no sense of building a toll booth. There's no sense of doing that. We were already in the planning of looking at cashless tolling. So it's our first exit ramp that's cashless. Learning a lot about behavior, learning a lot about what customers understand, understanding about what they need and what they need to know, and then how what technology we need to put in place and, and, and business model business rules we need to have in place for for those customers so it's been really educational um obviously just one exit but that exit's really critical for us to learn as we move towards 2024. it has created a lot of construction uh areas construction zones uh are you do you get a lot of complaints from 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 drivers that hey there are too many construction zones this time of year when the weather's good and you guys are out working well, that's that's the that's the argument, the complaint really every year. And, and I and I appreciate the complaint. It's it's summertime. More people are traveling. You want to get to point A to point B as fast as possible. But summertime is also construction season. So that's when we have to do the improvements. So you love a great roadway. Well, we have to do a lot of those improvements during the summer, this particular summer and next summer. You'll see a lot more construction on a lot of areas because of the in installation of the new gantries. Um, over 21 locations along the turnpike will have these. So it's going to be a busy time. So yeah, there's a few complaints, but we appreciate everybody's patience and understanding because it is for a much better system in the future that once you have those in place, your free flowing traffic opportunities will be there. Just hang with us for a couple more seasons here and we'll get through it together. But yeah, we understand those complaints. We all wanna get there as fast as possible. I, I love going, and the turnpike is a fun one to ride, really smooth, really quick and fast. But um, we're going to ask you to slow down a couple of times here uh, for the next couple of seasons. And I like to remind drivers who were not driving in the 80s that, hey, it used to be 55 miles an hour everywhere in the country. So let's not complain about having to slow down to 65 in construction zones. It's not that bad. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you'll get there pretty good speed. So I guess one one aspect of this project will be removal of toll booths everywhere. On uh, how big a pro part of the project is that? How complicated? Yeah, that's really our phase two of the project. So we have to work on a plan here that we have the gantries on the main line, so you're just moving freely. But as you exit off, and you'll see those those old toll booths, those those that have the ticket booths in place, we have to remove those. And so it's a it's a planned process. It's going to go in phases. So we'll have one particular phase may just be the, the removal of the, of the toll booth itself. And then there'll be another phase of how that whole area looks as we kind of brand um, the turnpike a little differently uh, in those locations. More to come with that. But yeah, you'll see those removed. It's just, it's your, here's what we want. If you're driving on a regular highway freeway today and you exit from one um, interstate to another interstate and just keep that free flow. That's the feel you want to have with KTA and that's what you're going to have. It's just going to keep things moving. And so if you're especially commercial drivers and others um, or you're the ticket people that used to get tickets from, we have a lot of traffic from out of state. We want to keep it safe and keep things moving. And, and a lot of times at the toll booth, there's going to be a little confusion with people 
and they, there's a lot of movement and in, in stoppage and, and it creates a, a bit of a danger. So this will remove all of that. So we're excited about me offering a convenient way for customers, but also a much safer route and, and way to connect to us uh, as well. Just like we see self-checkout in grocery stores, it, it with with this new system, there will not be people in toll booths, uh, employees. Is that an overall loss of jobs or do you make that up on the technology end somewhere? This was perfect timing for us when we did our planning. Nearly 70% when we began the planning um, around 2020, 2019, 70% of our collectors we knew by 2024 would be at retirement age. So it was a good opportunity to begin to make this move. We have a workforce transition plan. We are re-educating folks. We are job shadowing. We will have some new jobs from image review to customer service jobs we're going to add. And then some folks are going to retire. So we and some other folks are going to get re-educated and get some different schooling and they're going to maybe take on a whole different career. But we definitely understand the sensitivity of job movements. And so we put in a a, a workforce transition plan, as I mentioned, to really help the collectors. What's their next phase? Do I want to be in customer service, maybe on the phone? Do I want to look at images to help send bills out? Um, do I want to get re-educated and do something totally different with my career? And then, of course, a lot of them can retire. And so that workforce is changing quite a bit. So, and, But we are, again, we are very sensitive. Overall, the jobs today will be about the same um, because we're going to add some jobs in customer service, but it'll look a lot different, obviously, because they, they shift and move. So that's that's the that's the sensitivity we have. And we're very understanding that, you know, is it I did this job for 20 years. I liked being a toll collector. I like talking to people. And we get that. And a lot of people liked the collectors. But we have to evolve and we have to move on to a, to a better plan for the future. And 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 then just this is just part of it. Mm hmm. I know you haven't been with the KTA for 65 years, but you have been there for eight. And there's people who've obviously been there longer. What do you hear from them as far as where this project ranks and, and, and you know how big a project this is compared to everything you've seen over the years? Well, it's not the most expensive project we've ever done. I mean, you're going to see bridges that cost more, uh, but it is, it's, it's not a cheap project. It's, it's going to cost, we're going to spend about $85 million on the improvements. Um, then later on down the road, we'll even spend some more on some new ramps, probably at some new locations. So it's going to be a pretty expensive project. But it is overall from a business standpoint, from an operational standpoint, it's the biggest transition KTA has done since we opened the doors, you know, in the 50s because of so much different how we deal with customers. We're not, you know, the, the ticket and the cash operation um, was the way for so many years, for over 50 years. Then we went to KTAG, had that option as well. But now you add this new element where now it's taking a picture, send you a bill in the mail, or you pay on an app, or you go online and pay all the new technology, right? So it's a daunting change when it comes to business rules. So our back office changes, improvements to our back office, how we deal with customers is completely different. So it's a very daunting, large task we're taking on here. It's a big lift for us. So overall, that portion is bigger than anything since the opening of KTA in the 50s. But um, we feel very confident that we will be successful. It's what customers want and we want to deliver. And I'm a, I, I couldn't be more excited to, to offer this and, and to be a part of it. Groundbreaking, unique, um, and, and really exciting to, to be part of something uh, of this large change. And, and it's going to be a good one, too. Mm -hmm. as, as the turnpike 
ever evolves, is it too early to say what's next after cashless tolling? Well, I, I, that's a good question. Everybody asks, you know, is the turnpike going to expand? Are you going to take on new projects? Um, we're working with KDOT right now in the Kansas City area on a managed lane, congestion lane project on US 69. Um, I, I think there could be some more things happen in the future. Um, right now, we're very focused on cat on our cashless tolling right here on our main, um, you know, our main line that we have here, the 236 miles we've always had. But I, I do think we are here to help the state if the state wants to expand and or cities want to try to look at something. Um, it, I think technology opens the door to that because now we don't have to build toll booths. We now have the electronic, you know, readers and cameras and, and, and technology has changed everything. And it's not, you know, the way it used to be. It's not your grandfather's turnpike anymore, folks. It's 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 something new and better and, and improved. So I think there could be something. I'm not sure what we'll, we'll have, but if, if opportunities come, we will be ready. Final question, and then this is kind of a left field question. What What is your favorite spot on the turnpike? I'm a big Flint Hills fan. I think it's beautiful. I think get by the cattle pens and the Flint Hills. Uh, people say, oh, Kansas is so flat and ugly. Well, get to the Flint Hills and see what it looks like right now. It is something um, very beautiful. Um, I'm, a, I'm kind of an old old west guy i like old western and westerns and cowboys and that whole thing so i think man that'd be a cool place to have a big ranch and i just think it's beautiful out there so i'm a big flint hills fan for sure i can tell you some of those some of that pasture land that goes for quite a bit of money and we've seen that in some real estate sales here lately i bet yeah <laughs> yes sir thanks for joining me on the podcast best of luck with with the project as it continues and uh, as someone who who experienced this in chicago not too long ago it is definitely a nice, nice ride, just not having to worry about a, a ticket or anything. And the camera is getting your license plate. It's great. We love that reputation of being a great roadway and we're going to keep it affordable. And we're excited about the technology improvements. And I love the opportunity talking about it. So thank you for the chance to just for a few moments to give everybody an update. Thanks, Steve. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 270. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.